So this week on the Thad Education Podcast, I'm talking to a really good friend who I deeply admire and respect called Ben Akers. Uh, he's, I mean, he's a creative heavyweight, uh, a top bloke and an Arsenal fan. So what's not to love? So I wanted to talk to Ben and get him on because I think he'll bring a huge amount of value to my audience, not only because he's very, very talented and he's, you know, he's, he's hired freelancers. He's been a successful sort of solopreneur for many years, but also he knows how tough it can be. And I think his insight um, will be really valuable for everyone. So welcome, Ben. Uh, if you could just uh, give the audience a little background on who you are, what, what your sort of story is, and um, we'll go from there. Well, hello. Um, yeah, th- thanks for asking me on this. Um, okay, so my name is Ben Akers. I'm, I currently run uh, a collective called Made With. Uh, I'm, I'm in Bristol um, after being in London, growing up and uh, growing up in London and uh, being dragged up in London and then working my first 10 years of my career there. Then I went to Australia for six years and then Manchester for two uh, and then to Bristol. Um, the only reason why I live in Bristol is because I love the city and um, it was about creating flexibility for my um, my life, my family and um, using, my career, using my skills to create that flexibility. Uh, okay, so uh, background, um, creative director, running big businesses all over the world, um, but I'm just, I just like problems. I like solving problems and that sort of, so, so uh, from, from starting as a, as a lowly, lowly, uh, copywriter, um, I, I just wanted to, whatever I was doing was trying to solve that problem and using whatever skills I acquired and could procure um, to, to solve those problems. And that's what I do now. So I, I sort of, my, my, my collective is literally, we, we, we do films, we do um, social stuff, we do behavior change, we do, um, we do everything because because if there's a problem, we're, we're trying to sort of use whatever we whatever we can as creative people to to do that. So that's basically me, I suppose. Yeah, and we've known each other for quite a while. I think um, I remember actually you were very very kind to Bert and me when we were first starting out. Was it? Like, I want to say like what was that company? It was like in East London, very sort of cool. Uh, not Weapon Seven, it's something like that. But I remember you were always very very generous with your time and advice as we were trying to make our way in the industry so i've always remembered that it, like it, it meant a lot because a lot of people were very keen to kind of go shut up and leave us alone please and but you were very open so it was, i appreciate that mate oh pleasure mate i i think it was spirit i think it was one of the first places that i met oh you. yes yeah and um and then but we we uh we crossed cross paths many a time because i was a bbh and you at leo's and sort of like and Gaz was floating around. It's all it's all McCready's fault as usual, because um, yeah. he he loved you guys as well. But I, yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing in in, in when you're working in in, in London uh, in those in those in, in those um, those big boys companies. There's so much. Everyone knows everyone, and mm-hmm. um, uh, and that's I think that's the best bit of advice I ever got was don't piss anyone off on the way up because you'll meet them on the way down. So um, so I so I I, I change that slightly to just be nice to everyone 
um, because because that's what uh, I I I I go like my time is my time is no more important than anyone else's. So um, I, I try and be I try and be as nice to nice to as everyone as I can. Uh, that's what I've always done. So so yeah, no. thankfully you remember it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I guess because obviously I wanted to get you on because um, as I said, it's really interesting hearing you talking about problem solving because I guess that. Ultimately, I, I'm always keen to stress to people that if you're do, if you're going to freelance, it, it, obviously what discipline you do, whether it's design, branding, website, websites, th- that's important. But I think being able to solve problems and particularly business problems for clients is often what's going to make the difference um, between someone who's successful and probably can command a higher fee than those who are sort of fulfilling a need that isn't really there. And so I do think that a lot of people that creativity and the way you solve those problems is a big, big differentiator between you and possibly everyone else. So when you say, I mean, I guess what would be your views on creativity? You know, where do you find inspiration? What type of things do you, you know, have stood out for you? Any examples? For me, what I do is I, I, I like to be scared. I sort of keep on trying sort of putting myself into situations that I, I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of. Um, like, like for example, the current project I'm working on is a, a feature length documentary and there's, there's no way in a million years that, that I should be able to produce, um, my own feature length documentary. Um, I'm not a producer. Um, I'm sort of, uh, I'm, I'm, I've directed documentaries or a couple of pieces bits before, but I'm a, I was a writer, but the thing was, it was to, to me, everything was about finding this, seeing this problem. A very personal problem, um, and actually using my skills to try and work out how the best way to 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 get people aware of this problem and and try and solve it, if you like. So, so what so what I do is I I always try and put myself in into things of, that scare me, and I and I and um, my inspiration comes from meeting people. So I love meeting people. I meet people from as many different ages, as many different backgrounds. I try and talk to as many people as I can. Um, like my, my, the, the, the lady, the, 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 the crossing lady down at my daughter's school. I chat to her every morning. There's no way in a million years that we would ever be friends in other, in other way, in other worlds. But that's the type of thing I think is really, really important for me to get my creativity moving. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I want to be a big reader. You're a big reader. You keep every time, as I say, every time I talk to you, I, I get another book I need to read. But having having three kids under six, I sort of like I'm lucky if I can. Uh, I'm lucky if I get to read an email. But um, but uh, so that's one of the things I feel like I'm lacking at the moment. If you like, um, my uh, I, I I I love learning. Um, but I think it's I, I think it's that thing of going like even at, even at 42 and been in the industry for 20 years. I still know I know nothing, um, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what's really important for me is to sort of go to to, to meet new people and to go fucking hell, you've got some really interesting ways of looking at stuff. I need to learn from you. So that's yeah. that's the way I do things. Yeah, no, I, well, it's very kind to say I read a lot, I listen to a lot of things. I think Audible gives me this false perception of how oh, we know is quite a lot. Uh, but also, so you know, when you're in trouble when you're recommending books that you haven't read yet, just to sound important, yeah. so I try, it's like I, I probably need to read it before I recommend it. But um, yeah, I think that's a big one. I think it's um, what we were talking about earlier was how the way you work, and you were saying that you like to have that quite manic environment. Offices don't really suit you. Working in a coffee shop, and you were saying something about you like to change 
coffee shop but based on what you're working on could you just elaborate yeah. on that because i quite like i like ways that people stimulate ideas you know i'm really into kind of whether it's doing something like hoovering or driving or walking that frees up your brain um so I, I'm, I'm curious to know a little bit more about obviously talking to strangers is is might be a bit much for some people but the coffee shop thing you were talking about sounded good yeah well what i do what i do is and i've always done it i sort of um i mean when i when i was when i was uh in a uh, young, earlier in my career, when every every agency I've ever worked at, you get a desk and you and your partner sit there and you look at each other and you try and work out why why you haven't cracked this idea. And um, and I would always try and if I, I I go well, there's certain things you can change, there's certain things you can't. You can't change um, you can't change the brief normally. You can't change the timelines, but what you can change is the environment. And so so I would always try and move those environments as much as I could. And so if I'm so so I remember working on a um, a project for um, an airline, and we were fl we were flying to we were, the, the the brief was about flying to Asia. So so I just went and went and had um, some sushi. It's not it's not complicated, but I actually sort of moved myself into environments where where I knew that it would help me to to come up with ideas. And then from then, what I started doing was I was going okay, well. I need that. I need that, like that white noise behind me. I need. I need hustle and bustle. I can't have a silent room because I can. Uh, I find it deafening. So what I do is I. I. Um. I move to different. I, I go to a coffee shop now. This is how I do my own process now. Um. I try and get out of my my office as quick as possible. I. I. I go and sit in a coffee shop. Uh, I work there for an hour or a couple of hours on a brief, and then, if I've cracked, if I've if I've done what I'm going to do on that. Then I'll actually move coffee shops and change change the drink I'm drinking. If I was drinking a coffee in that one, I'll go and drink a tea in another. Because to me, it's almost like a palate cleanser. Like I need mm -hmm. to sort of clear clear that clear that little bit out of my brain um, and move on. And I think it's actually almost for me, it's actually respecting that. That's what sort of taught me for twenty years. Is actually respecting that that my my brain's only a muscle and it needs relaxation. It needs to be sort of like it needs to be pushed into a certain area to sort of to to uh to create that different layer of muscle memory so um so that's what i do and that's my my process and that's how i can i mean i now work probably i mean i'm probably working faster than fast as i've ever worked before because you can shortcut stuff because i've got 20 years experience of of, of what will work and what won't work but quite a lot of that is actually just allowing myself to sort of go that's a crap idea that's a crap idea that's a crap idea um, and not holding on to stuff that I don't think that 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 I that I know that's not there yet. I suppose. So I think I think it's 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 a it's a it's, it's a confidence thing. It's a confidence thing to actually allow yourself to be crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think like I say, not being too precious about it, and kind of it's more about the generation of ideas and then ruthlessly kind of filtering through them and moving on. And yeah, that's true. I know that was always. It's like you always get wedded, like you're writing a script and you really like it. And then your boss will go, it's not very good. I want to see something else. And you keep editing effectively the same idea until they go, just don't come back. I can't bear this anymore. This yeah. is rubbish. I didn't want to tell you first time, but you need to, to show me anything else. I certainly know I've been there. <laughs> well, I mean, one, of my, one of my mates said to me, because um, I'm, currently, I'm currently writing this, this feature length doc and I'm, I'm stalling on it at the moment. Um, I'm doing everything else. I'm trying to. I'm actually still trying to sort out shoot dates, and I'm still producing it. And I'm not a producer, but 
but he sort of said to me, I need to get out my own way. And, and, and I think mm-hmm. that quite a lot of the time, when you do that, sometimes you just need to let yourself be a bit freer with creativity. You sort of like, yeah. you need to, you need to go, um, uh, being precious is uh, don't be precious, and and well, we've heard that many a year, time over the years. Uh, and believe in your ideas. So how do you know which one's which? But I th- but I think it's actually just just almost like um, I I put everything uh, I put everything up on the I put everything up on my walls. So this is my storyline. You look, people at home can't see this, but on on this podcast. But this is sort of like my I put everything up. Anything I'm thinking of goes up on a wall. And stories and storylines and sort of stuff like that, I throw up. And even though I know that it's wrong, but I need to get it out of my head. Yeah. Um, that's how I sort of, that's how I deal with 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 things in sort of, and um, and just try to sort of like almost almost free myself, free my brain up. That's how I yeah. do. I like. I think I agree with the idea that your brain's uh, like you need to give your brain time off. I think there's something about accepting if it's not going right or you're struggling just to go, well, let's leave it. I'm just going to do something else for two hours completely different and allow my subconscious to kind of process everything. And then I'm sure something will come to me, but not putting too much pressure. So I like the idea of if you've got it sort of logged on the wall, it's, you know, you might be able to take components and thread them and you can see a thread in something which you thought initially were unrelated, but you can see it sort of comes back to it and you can see it afresh. Yeah, it, 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 to me, all these bits are ingredients. That's all it is. I know, yeah. I know, I want to use that ingredient, but I don't know what the cake is at the moment. I don't know what the final, what the final output's going to be, what the final meal's going to be. So I go like, I want that, I want that ingredient. I want to cook with that ingredient. Um, but, but I think, I think you, that's the way I sort of, I sort of throw things around, um, because quite a lot of the time now, I'm even though, um, even though I've got a collective, I'm doing so much work on my own that. Yeah bringing people in to their expertise to sort of like to, to make the project better, make me better. But, um, but, but quite a lot of it is so self-driven that, that, yes, that yeah. this is far more self-driven than, than I've ever done. Cause this is, cause I'm, I'm, cause up until, up until I created this, I've, I've, I've been a serial monogamist when it comes to work. I've only mm-hmm. ever worked, only worked in companies, grown small companies like Droga five from, Employ- I was employee number eight. So when I left, we were 78, right? And sort of, so, so uh, working with people, working with small team, big teams, inspiring big teams and, uh, and trying to get them all working in the same area. So this was really a big, a big learn. It's been a big learning curve for me for the past 18 months, two years, just sort of like to actually understand, to actually almost get to, get to like my own company, if you like. Yeah. Um, but that's sort of like, I suppose that's, that's the, I mean, as we were talking about before, the, the, the thing about freelancing and about how that, that isolation, um, is, uh, how to, how to get the best out of that isolation, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's kind of, um, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on as I was explaining before, I, I think from a creative point of view, you're one of the most talented people I know, and you're very diverse and you're always very open and sort of uh, very helpful, which is, which is unusual. But I do know that having done and putting together this whole whole um, sort of freelancer syllabus that I'm going to be teaching, um, what was important to me was to, you know, it, obviously talent and what discipline you're working and where you're going to find clients and how do I do a project from you know beginning to end and onboarding. All these things matter from a technical point of view. But I think it would be remiss of me to overlook the importance of I'd say mental health seems to be the biggest thing as far as 
if you if you're not in the right frame of mind nothing else can really matter you know it's important i do put a huge amount of value on being rested you know nutritional intake being stimulated creatively and being around good people but i've noticed as i've looked into it like you say freelancing is really lonely and i think ironically social media can make you feel even lonelier even though it's connecting to people because people are showing off and it's kind of I personally think social media makes you feel fairly terrible. I understand why it's important. But looking into this, I felt it wasn't fair for me to try and teach people how to become a more successful freelancer by glossing over. Actually, you need to have quite strong mental resilience um, to put up with when it's not going well. And how do I deal with the sort of irregular income? Or how do I, you know, how do I go and get clients yet still find the time to do the work that I need to do? So when you were talking about um, the documentary you were talking about and about mental health and depression, it made sense to not only bring you on to sort of share what you've learned, but also to raise awareness to anyone else who's out there who's listening that this is really important, it really matters, and also to help you kind of raise money to make this documentary happen because I think it's really important. So could you just fill us in a little bit on this documentary, you know, tell us the story of how it came about and what's it about really? Okay, so well, I mean... I, I, I find it really uncomfortable you telling me how brilliant I am. Stop doing that, okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not. Um, but but what? Well, ben, I, let's hope this documentary is better than you because you're average. But no, but 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 I, I suffer from major imposter imposter syndrome. I sort of like, especially with with the this documentary, and I I've got a very, very I've got an amazing supportive wife who who um, keeps reminding me of certain things that I that that an accolade here or, or, a, or a kind word there. And I, I, um, maybe, maybe I need that. Maybe I need to sort of think that everything's rubbish, but, um, so, so basically I'll go all the way back to Australia. So where, where I started. So basically I, I was, a, I was a BBH for, for, I can't remember how many years, five years or whatever. And then I moved to Australia to Droga five and had great, three great years there. Won loads of awards. Everyone told us we were brilliant. Um, Place changed so much from employee number eight to employee number to, to 78 people that I left and I joined YNR. So I was winning as creative director of YNR. I was running LG. I was running Virgin and I was on a plane most of the time. And I was so far away from the creative product. I was so far away from making things. I was so far away from people that I actually liked. I turned into a suit and not that, and suits are brilliant. Good suits are brilliant. I'm not, I'm not a suit. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a creative. I like making things. So um, I, 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 I got to a point there where I got so stressed and I don't get stressed normally, but I got so stressed that I started, started sort of um, uh, seeing an acupuncturist and, um, and my mate turned around to me, my mate's tennis coach turned around to me back in the UK and said to me, so let me, let me get this right, Benny, you're paying someone an obscene amount of money to stick you with needles um, because you're 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 extremely stressed because you've been paying a same amount of money. Wouldn't it be better to be less stressed and earn less money? And I was like, yeah, it would. So the next day I walked in and quit. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done because what happened was I suddenly pulled away this safety blanket that I'd that I'd created for myself, especially financially. Um, but I needed to sort of I needed to um, I needed to get back in contact with with being a creative again. So I joined this thing called the Republic of Everyone, which is a, a small collective, now a fantastic agency who only works on ideas for good. And 
that's what I now do. So now what I do is I only work on ideas that are good for the planet. Only ideas that are good for people. Only ideas that are good for sustainability, for ethics, or sort of like things that make me feel good that I can use my my evil powers for good. And um, what I what I learned there in three brilliant years there was about almost how to be an entrepreneur when it comes to be being creative, being creative. So I never had any budgets of any, of any note. I never really had any, I never had any media budget. So I had everything had to create, create noise. But what, what we started doing was what I had to start. I, I, I had to start shooting stuff myself. I had to sort of pulling DOPs, pulling crew and have almost be that problem solver, be that sort of entrepreneur, but getting my real hands dirty and actually make shit happen. Um, so we had our daughter out there. We came back to the UK and I didn't want to go back to London because I wanted my first daughter out there, but I want to come back to London because I wanted to, didn't want to, um, I didn't want to go back. I wanted to move forward. So we went to Manchester and I became, I uh, became creative director of a production company up there. And there I was sort of like being asked to sort of help out with all their creative output and help their directors move forward. But also I was going to be running um, content stuff. And then a brief came up for them, which was the weird and wonderful world of wool. And I said, that sounds absolutely crap. I'm not making that. But I go, but what you've got something here really interesting in wool is that it's it's biodegradable. It's it's um, renewable. Um, it's actually sustainable. So if you actually look at that, look at that world of uh, fashion, which is the third most polluting industry in the world. And you look at you look at wool because we, the, the money was from um, Prince Charles's campaign for wool then you can create an interesting film there. So that's what I did was I created this, I created this feature length film the first time I've ever done it. First time I've ever written anything over 30 seconds. And, um, but again, it was always about problem solving. So I, I convinced Alex James from blur to be, to be our front man. And the film went out as a problem solving film about how the different ways that you can treat your clothes, look after your clothes, look after you and look after the planet. And fall in love with clothes again, and fashion is a problem solving instead of instead of a um, uh, a negative way, because that's what quite a lot of documentaries do. Documentaries are hold a mirror up to you and go, "Life's crap," and you go, "Life's crap," and because they're created by journalists, they'll 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 they report on this on this crap world that you live in, but they don't give you anything out the back end of it. They don't give you any solutions. So that's why I found that I had the skills from advertising to sort of like to help me be that problem solver inside inside. Um, documentaries so <clears throat> that was that was four years ago when i arrived back into the country i'd been back in the country for a week and i found out i had a phone call from um my childhood best friend's cousin and um it was she we, we, we were friends many years ago so it was really weird well why is why is rebecca ringing me um and I was trying. She was trying to get to me into different points. Like she tried to get me on on um, uh, Facebook. She tried to. She tried to sort of get this text message from. I was like, what the fuck's going on? So suddenly I was like, something's happened to Steve. So Steve was my child. Steve Yates was my childhood best friend. Uh, we were sort of best friends from the age of eleven till twenty. Like lived. We were brothers. We lived out of each other's pockets. Um, like his parents were my surrogate parents. Um, and she, I sort of like suddenly something's happened to Steve. So I suddenly had this thought that, um, fuck, he's been in a car crash or something's happened. So then she rings me up and I've got, she goes, you're sitting down. I said, so what were you talking about? She goes, sit down. I was like, I'm not sitting down, sit down. 
and I remember where I was. I was in a coffee shop, and I can remember all the paintings on the wall, and I can remember the I can remember even the people in there. And she goes, um, "Steve's killed himself," and I was like, "What? Steve's taking his own life?" And I was like, "So I actually I actually remember spinning." And I'm going back there now. I'm sorry, mate. I'm going back there now. But I remember spinning. Yeah. And um, so I was like, fuck. Like, um, and then I, I think I started crying. I think I started crying. I can't remember what exactly. But anyway, so this was a sort of like, this was the first moment that I'd only been back in the country a couple of weeks. He'd been in Canada and he'd only been back a month. I talked to him on, on social media Um like uh, a couple of weeks before, really looking forward to seeing you, mate. He's a Man United fan. I was gonna—I just moved to Manchester. I, I was about to buy some tickets. We were going to go to Old Trafford. Um. So anyway, so that happened, and um, and it, it took me—it took me a while to sort of to to even acknowledge it. I went down to to the, we had the funerals a week, a couple of weeks later. He, I found out that he'd gone out to a woods and um. He'd, he'd, he'd hung himself in the middle of the woods. Um, so it was all premeditated. It was all pretty, pretty sort of like he left a no. It, it, it was standard, standard, everything you could possibly think about suicide. And so, so I, I sort of, I carried his coffin. I, I sort of read, read a eulogy, saw his parents, met his wife for the first time. They'd been married four years and I hadn't even met her yet. Met his, met his, met his uh, two kids. It was like fucking hell. This is just ridiculous. And um, so anyway, so so uh, fast forward um, three and a half years. Uh, I'd sort of been looking at various things. I'd created slowing down fast fashion, the the, the that documentary um, that won loads of awards. Not that awards are important, but it'd been recognised globally for for really well amazon prime were loving it it's on amazon prime so everyone was loving it there's stuff like that and i i was going i was going there's something this there's, there's something i was hearing this lot a lot of noise about about mental health and i suddenly went um actually i that's a i i wanted to create a film about mental health but a mental mental health in in the ad industry because of the pressure and stress that we're put under and the fact that sort of like being being a um being a creative it's still you can you can still be let go and uh, uh, uh that insecurity world that we've lived in and uh ideas on demand and the pressures that i've seen it destroy people so I started creating, I actually wrote a film and started creating a film called Madland, which I'm still going to hopefully make, um, the, purve uh, the Purveyors of Happiness. And um, so I started making, looking at that, and um, and then what happened was I suddenly realised that that's not the film that I need to make. I need to make a film about Steve. I need to make a film about the fact that this is the biggest killer of men under 45 and that one man every uh, every two hours takes his own life in this country. So that's what I've been doing for the past year. So, uh, so well, not a year, for past six months. So that's, so that's what I've been doing for the past six months. So I crowd, I've crowdfunded it, um, which was really interesting because what happens is with most documentaries, you get commissioned, like the BBC or Channel 5 or uh, Netflix, um, they give you. They turn around and give you five hundred grand, and you go off and you go off and make a you go off and make a, an hour long film, or um, or you can get money from foundations like Brit Doc or 
um, and they will, again will give you a, a lump a lump of money and um, uh, and you go off they you go off and make it. But what I what I found with those type of things is that they've got their own agenda um, mm -hmm. and lots of experience and lots of and it works brilliantly for all these type of people and hopefully one day I will work with some of these people. But I needed to have complete control over this film. I needed because this is such a personal film and the only way that I know that, that Steve's family will be able to tell an honest story is if I haven't got an EP over my shoulder going, use that bit where she's crying, that's brilliant. Um, so I needed complete control and complete trust. Um, so what I did was I, I, I did something that I've never done before. I sort of uh, I put a call out to to the world and sort of said, I need £10,000 to make this film. Um, and obviously my last budget was 250 grand. So I'm trying to make it on, on, on a, on a fraction. Um, and we, we shot the fuck out of it for, for, for six months. We sort of, we, we did 23 interviews. We met some amazingly inspiring people. We heard some, just some horrible stories um, and I've just released a sort of second round of funding. So I've worked out that I need another, about another 10 grand to sort of make it. But again, I'm trying to make a, a 250 grand film for 20 grand now. Um, but, um, but it's been, but it was been, it's been amazing. The, the response to sort of like to the, to the trailer that we sent out, um, on Friday. Um, because I, I, I was really, really worried. I was sort of like going, well, what happens if everyone thinks it's shit? What happens if sort of like, oh, this is the first time that I've ever done this. First time I've ever crowdfunded. First time I've ever, I've ever made a, a documentary completely on my own, apart from my team around me, but while I'm leading it, I haven't got, I haven't got a, um, I haven't got a, uh, uh, BBC EPs ahead of me telling me that this is the way that we tell a story. So this fear level was so, was really hard um and i had a i had a couple of sleepless nights on it um but then when it went out i mean maybe maybe uh maybe i'm 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 blessed with my friends but it's been really really well received and in a in a in sort of a couple of days we've already raised a grand so um and i've had promises from because the idea is to get businesses to help to help fund it because just because uh, uh so if it, i need sort of 12 10 businesses to give me a grand each was my thought. Um, but I've already had sort of a grand raised on that and then promises of three more from, from, from a couple of other businesses. So, so already we're sort of like, we're, we're seeing the, the, the stuff of it, but I think what's really interesting about it from what I'm learning is that the, is that layer of, of doing it by my own terms, being scared, but still doing it. Um, working out what is the minimum amount of money that I can live on to actually make this work for me. And this is my choice of doing it that way. Um, but actually going that the rewards will be far better by the end of it, because I'm, I'm, this is part of my, my grieving process for losing Steve. This is, I need to solve, help, help other people. I need to save, save some lives. Um, and even just now, like even now, I've had like 15 people now telling me that just by seeing these trailers, seeing, seeing what we're trying to do, that they're going to go and get help. And you go like, and those are the people have told me. So I'm sort of going like, if, if we can create, if we can use that power that we've got as creative people to actually help other people and save lives, then 
then hopefully my kids will be proud of me. So that was sort of like, that was basically the reason why I created the film. And the idea of the film, again, is sort of like not financial, financial gain when I get it out. Normally what you do is when, when you create, a, when you create a documentary, almost like the, um, your distribution is sorted. You, you, if you're lucky enough to have it on a theatrical release or, or Netflix or, 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 or with me before Amazon prime buy it, then, then you've got an audience there, but I'm actually going to go even, I was going even further than that. It was actually a co- from a conversation from you, just your fault. But, um, but the thought was that, that I'm going to do it as a pub tour. So I'm going to take it as a, as, 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 um, uh, try and take it round to different parts of the country. Because my thought is that where do blokes go? Who am I talking to? I'm talking to the everyman. I'm talking to working class and middle class men who don't, know how to talk don't know how to look after their own mental health so i'm going to go where they are i'm going to take them i'm going to set them up in pubs um so brew dog have told me that they'll 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 uh, give me some they'll give me a load of their venues at the moment but i'm going to be looking for more and i'm going to take this as a tour around um uh around the country and and sort of the idea is that you you come in you you go and watch his take a couple of your mates down you watch the you watch the um uh, the film as if you were watching a game of football. Maybe we have a Q and A afterwards. Maybe people talk about certain things. But the most important bit is when you're walking home with your mate. Mate, your mate turns to you and goes, "I feel that way sometimes." And then suddenly, suddenly I've got it. Suddenly, suddenly we're we're we're, we're making we're saving lives. So that's sort of like that's basically where it came to with Steve. Um, and what I'm doing on top of that is is I'm almost topping myself up with um helping mates out with pitches and sort of stuff like that and and other little uh charity or environmental films but that's my main focus at the moment is 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 steve yeah it's really good i watched the uh, updated trailer the other day it's really nice it's really powerful it's kind of um it's, it's an extended cut isn't it i think yeah it's, it's, a, it's a six minute sizzle so we like but basically i mean uh, my my <laughs> My editor, like, um, uh, I originally told my editor what I wanted in the first one, so my original cut came back at 18 minutes, and he's like, Benny, it might be a bit long, that. Um, I was like, yeah, okay, so we cut it down to that. But there's so many great stories that, that I, I haven't even been able to put in yet, um, and I've only got little bits. But we're talking to real people who are making major differences, um, sort of like, like Luke Ambler, who's created Andy's Man Club, um, Danny Sculthorpe, who's ex ex-England rugby player, and what's a state of mind, but that he told me about his story and his, his battle with his, his moment of, of, um, so, uh, trying to take his own life and that moment of, of bringing him back from the brink of suicide. And, but also just stuff like talking to his, Steve's family that you see, so, so you know, that when you get left, they, those people who are left behind and the amount of people that I've talked to who are, who are suffering at the moment and have suicidal thoughts and, and are in that space, are saying things like, well, they're better off without me. And you sort of, hopefully by watching this, you'll realise that the world is not a better place with Steve with, without Steve in it. The world is a worse place without Steve in it. And um, and hopefully who, anyone who's thinking or feeling down about stuff can actually, by the end of this film, look at ways of helping themselves to keep themselves mentally fit. Um, because cause I think that's the thing. We need to be, we need to be, especially as creative people, I find that I need to be mentally strong mm-hmm. because of the job that I deliver. 
I work in. So how do I keep myself mentally fit? So I, I, I work on my mental fitness daily and uh, so I can be strong for my for the pressures of my job, but also the pressures of, of uh, having three kids, three young kids and and that instability of sort of like where does the next where does the next paycheck come from? So I'm working on so through this process I've worked really hard on my mental fitness. Um, yeah, because that'd be interesting to sort of. I think that 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 for me was. Um, I'd be curious to know your learning because I think for me, like I said, this is why I wanted to get you on. I, the resilience needed, I think, is is really tough because you've got so much to juggle. And I think knowing that there's resources you can draw on or people you can speak to, if you're struggling or if you're not sure, I think that's huge. So, um, as well as obviously things you can be doing, you know email outreach and networking and doing that kind of element and knowing the work's coming in. I was just going to say, what were the kind of things that you do and that you've learned through doing the documentary sort of coping sort of tips or strategies that you found that have been particularly valuable? Well, what, what I, what I actually do is I, 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 I give myself a break and not in a, not in a, not in a sort of like, Oh, a break in the middle of the day. I, I, I don't pile. I try not to pile too much pressure on myself. So, which is which is which because I'm my worst critic, right? So what I do, so what I'm doing now, and what I've been trying to do, um, it's been a lot easier now that I've got a bit of structure back. Now the kids are back at school, but what I do, my daily, my day is I literally go to the gym at nine o'clock in the morning after I drop my daughter off. My walk to school with my daughter is really really important for my mental my mental health. We have a talk, and it's like we have fun, so we play on the way to school. We're, uh, and then I, I sort of I go to the gym and then I sit in the steam room for sort of ten minutes and and then when I'm coming out I sort of go to a coffee shop and I write down my small all the things that I need to do that day but I break them into sort of things that are important things that are nice and, and things that are nice to have um, and then and then what I do is I do I do a quick burst of emails because we all need to do those burst of emails. But I literally create those structures for myself because I know that my day can get away from me if I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then what I've done as well to sort of like make sure I look after my mental health is, especially as a freelancer, is I try and make as many meetings. I try and get a, a, a meeting at least once once a day or sort of like once every couple of days. So it might just be catching up for a coffee with sort of like. There's a, there's a load of different freelancers around here or people who run their own businesses around here. I just catch up for a coffee. We've got a street artist down the road who's working on a project. Uh, me and him are working on a project together. So I grabbed him for a coffee yesterday. There's a, there's a, 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 it's another mate of mine who's a, another CD who, who came out of London. I met him for a coffee on Friday. And it, what I do is I just try and make sure that, to me, it's only an hour, but it's just that it's those little bits of going, this is what other people are doing. So I don't get caught up in my own in my own thing, and then what I do is I I block into what work I need to do, um, sort of hourly to every two hours. Um, but I think that quite a lot of it is actually just almost just giving like reminding myself that that yes I run my own business, yes if I don't work then I don't get any money, but also I run my own business, so that means I can make these decisions. I can walk my daughter to school. I can um pick my pick my son up from from daycare and walk him home and have those moments together so so i think it's actually just almost flipping the 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 power for me it's about power it's sort of like when you when you work for someone else 
they have the power because they are paying for your time. When you work for yourself, you have the power. So you have to work out how to use your power and use your power most effectively. And one, one, one thing as well that I, that, that, that I think is very prevalent to, to me and to sort of like to, to us is um, through this process, I, I, I did a course on mental health first aid. And one of the things came up was about self-harm. And um, when, you, when I say self-harm to you, what do you think of? Uh, you normally think like people like scratching themselves, don't you, with a, like a blade or something like that. Exactly. So me, my, my, my image was a 13-year-old girl cutting her arm, right? Yeah. So, but definition of self-harm by, by, uh, is anything that harms you. So mm. anything that is bad for you. And, it, and it, there is a thing about self-harming, the, the, the psychology behind it is about control and about, about feeling, almost feeling alive again and hurting yourself so you feel back alive. Now, the statistics say that sort of like most of self-harm is done is female and, and by younger females. But when you actually look at the definition of self-harm, and this is what we discuss in this course, those figures are all skewed. Because what it is is that self-harm is actually anything that hurts you. Now, alcohol abuse, going out and getting pissed on a Friday night or on a Thursday night and a Wednesday night and a Tuesday night, which is a very male-dominated um, uh, behaviour, that's self-harm. Mm-hmm. Bad eating uh, or, or, uh, um, or even the reverse of that, going to the gym too much and being addicted to that, both of those are self-harm. But the most important thing on that, and I'm guilty of this, is overworking. And overworking is self-harm. Now, I, I'd sort of like, I, I would regularly work till, work till one o'clock in the morning. And mm-hmm. not giving myself that sort of space to recharge, not giving myself... But I'm self-harming there. And I think what one thing that I've learned throughout this process is actually how to give myself a break more, how to sort of like stop piling that pressure onto myself. I, I will always do that. This film has to be this film's got this film's got sort of like on every layer, it's got sort of rawness. It needs to be brilliant because I need I I, I, I need to sort of I need to uh, feel like I've fulfilled my my own goal with with um, lived up to Steve's memory. It's actually got a, it's got to support my family because I've got somehow to support my family because because all the roof gets taken away, but but I also need to sort of like bring that back and go I'm in control of it and it's about power and if you have to go you go you go so the power has to be with me and it has to be on my rules and it has to be on my terms. I mean I think that's the thing what we were talking about before. I think what's really interesting for me is about the world of freelance now. And so when I first started in the industry, freelance was freelance was normally people who bounced between agencies because they couldn't really tie down a, a, a full-time job. That was almost the way that it was seen by full-timers, right? But mm-hmm. now to me the freelance world is the complete opposite. The freelance world is actually about is about getting that balance. I live I live in Bristol and I freelance in New York. I freelance in Br- the last three freelance projects, if you like. I don't like calling them freelance projects. I say I'm helping out, helping out, helping out mates. But that's basically what I'm almost doing because um, I only work with people I like. So and it doesn't mean that I have people I knew. It's people I like. So so I I sort of like uh, there's a project I helped out with um, Barcelona. I was helping uh, uh, Barcelona FC. Um, Hoping they're looking at um, healthy eating and the Eat Like a Pro campaign. 
So for me, that works because it was sort of like, because I, well, I love football, so I work on football, but also because of that world of of its nutrition and healthy eating. And, and so I helped them out on a pitch. But they were in Barcelona, and I was talking to the team in New York at the same time. And that's the beauty of what we've got now, the fact that you're in Cornwall and I'm in Bristol, that we can have this, we can even have this conversation. But that's the beauty of freelance. So, so, you, so I have the power. I have the power to work with anyone I want to in the world. Um, but I think what you, what you do is you, you've, you've got to make sure that you use that power for, for your, um, you have to be in control of it. Because if you yes. sort, so so you have to make sure that you are shining shining your light the best way that you can. You have to make sure that like uh, that when you are you are when you're working with these people, you are always professional, but also also that they like you. I mean, like to me, to me, it's I I I only as I say, I only work with people I like, um, and hopefully they like me back. <laughs> Because it's sort of like, and and I think I think that type of stuff is really really important to 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 not to people talk about building your network. I personally don't I don't I don't look at it as a network. I look at it as a set of mates, right? And um and if I'm looking at if I'm if I'm looking at it, and I only, even all my clients that I've worked with over the years, the best work has come out of of us liking each other and us respecting each other and us being friends. Because that's what that's what you do. You don't have to. It doesn't. Everything doesn't have to be transactional. Um, yeah. best, for me, best creative stuff is. But like my my best work that I've ever done, like four three two zero or Vanilla Ice says sorry was but was and, and even the Simply B work that I did in, in in Manchester. That was all about my relationship with the client, and it was all about trust, and it was about me listening to them and understanding what they needed and solving their problem, but then trusting me. And hopefully liking me because we still we still know and work with each other now, but that is really for me that's really really important about that that sort of um, don't look at don't if you're a freelancer or you're running your own business don't look at things as transactional worlds because if you don't that, that that's not about to me that's not a um, that's not sustainable right that's like you if you're running a restaurant or you're running a cafe you want regulars coming in. And why do regulars come in? Because they like you, right? And they like the environment you've created, and they like the they like the coffee you that you produce. Because so, and you become friends, and that's how that's how personally that I run my businesses, and I always have done my relationships. It's because I, I only work with people I like. So, so, no, they're really nice. I think the insights that you're giving are really good. I really like. It's funny listening back. That thing of. Uh, well, a couple of things I'd probably take if I was looking at it a bit more technically, but I know you were saying about when you like to meet people regularly for a chat and a catch-up. I think that's really important because like, what I want to move on to um, before we let you go because I know you're very busy, but it was to talk about kind of takeaways and what tips you would give. But I think that by meeting people for a coffee, that's beneficial in so many ways because I think it gets you out. It meet, you know, There is a social aspect of meeting other people, which is going to stimulate ideas, but also... Um, I think that you can get isolated as a freelancer. You can certainly sort of stay in your room working or in your office. Or if you work in like a shared space, it's very easy to pop the headphones on and just knuckle down. So meeting people is great for just having lifting the mood. But also that is kind of, that's networking indirectly, isn't it? It's, it's staying top of mind, seeing what people are up to. And then often if they like you, opportunities will naturally arise. So I think there's a double value there. And also, like you said, it's kind of, 
when it comes to working with clients, there has to be likability and trust, but it's all about you're looking to solve the problems for them. And I think sometimes I certainly hear people, they're kind of, they're trying to put what they want on each job. You know, they're wondering why isn't the job working or why doesn't the client listen to me? And I think that's often down because they haven't listened in the first place. And that trust is built by really listening to your clients, really understanding what their problems are and then trying to solve it from their point of view and working with them. And if you can do that in your first project, that will nearly always, if it doesn't lead to more work, it'll always lead to referrals, but often they'll come back to you because they like you and trust you and you've they've seen some competence. So I do think all of what you're talking about, there's loads of good takeaways there for people to learn. So I think for me, um, I'd love to kind of, I probably should have done a Q&A, this is my fault, but uh, I would love to, uh, what would be your tips? So depending on where you are on your freelance journey, as a person that's done it, who's been very successful at it, who's hired people in agencies, particularly done the portfolio route, what would be some of the key things that you've seen over the years that you would go, look, if you're going to start freelancing or you want to improve where you're working and maybe get better clients, maybe earn a bit more money, have a bit more freedom, these are kind of the things you need to be doing in from your point of view. What would you say? I'd, I'd sort of like, so So, so my, my take would be um, always look always look at what the solution is. So, So the first thing would be, Whatever project you're working on, ask your ask the question: What does success look like? Right? Mm-hmm. Because then suddenly you you've got because I think especially in coming from advertising world, people go, "I'm creating a I'm what what's the brief? A thirty second TV ad? Why? Right? Yeah. Who are we talking to? Why are we talking to? Them? And they can the planner will sit there and go, "We're talking to A B and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Why? Right? So so my my thing is always and. It, uh, all the projects that I work on since I've been controlling my own projects, um, being a CD and sort of like having those relationships with those high end, my question's always been, what does success look like? Because suddenly if you realize what they need to success, then it can be as simple as I need to, uh, we need to shift 70 million units, right? At least you know that your job is a fucking salesman. You're not an artist, mm-hmm. though, right? Yeah. But, but if it's behaviour change, or if it's I need to look good in front of my boss, right? So I always sort of say, what does success look like? And even and even and I've had I've had people say I need to look good in front of my boss. So I know I know that there's a process there. And I even I what I always do as well is I always sort of go, okay, after I've delivered this to you, where does it go? So we know that it goes to one land and to another land. The chairman's going to approve this, or the CEO's going to approve this. So I I do my research on who that person is. And what type of work they've bought before? Because I'm my job is to solve the problem. My job is not mm-hmm. to sort of like, I'm 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 my job is not to for, for I'm not doing this for for my benefit. I'm doing it for I'm being employed to do that. And that's what I think quite a lot of the time of as a freelancer, you need to understand that you are the you're an SAS. You're you're dropped into a you're dropped into a moment where you need to solve that thing for them. Um, and that's what I, that's the type of people that as, as, a, as, as when I've worked on projects independently to, to help people out, that's what I do. Um, when I've hired people for freelance work, I want someone who can catch it very, very quickly and get up to speed very, very quickly. So, um, that's the reason why you are, you can demand more money because you are SAS, right? Your job is to get in, get the, get the, get your fucking nailed and get out. Um, if not, then you are a soldier and you are you are part of the battalion who you're going to sit there. But but if you want someone to get the job done quickly, 
that's why freelancers sit there. That's what. That's how you should be looking at yourself. Is 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 that the SAS of of ideas? Okay. So 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 there's two things. Two things. One, one is I buy lots of coffee. I buy lots and lots of coffee. Right. I ask. So basically, if there's someone I'm interested in, um, whether it's whether it's either end, whether it's sort of like whether it's someone that I would like to work or to employ or work with one day. Or whether it's someone I'll, I would like to work for one day as a client, or or I think they're an interesting brand. I, I ring them up, I drop them an email, I drop them a note, and I sort of say, "Really like what you're doing. Can I buy your coffee?" And to me, what's beautiful about that is a coffee doesn't last more than forty five minutes, right? Yeah. You might go for a second one, or you might be a bit dry and might last for an hour, but a coffee it's a time limit on it. So yeah. you. Like you say, just just it can be fifteen minutes, but all it is you can get in, you can have a chat with someone, and they always lead to something else. That you always come away. I always come away with. I'm going to send you that link. I'm going to send you this. I'm going to send you that. I'm going to introduce you to someone. And the amount of coffee conversations that I have had, I had a great one with. Um, uh, I had a conversation with a an agency in here in Bristol who have become great friends of mine. I always have regular coffees with them, just sort of saying like, just I'm I'm uh, not if I'm if I am looking for work or if I'm not looking for work, I have a quick coffee with them. They ask me what I'm up to. I tell them about this. I tell them about that. They introduce me to someone else. Suddenly, I'm coming back and I've got I, I let people create those worlds for me, but I buy lots and lots of coffee, and um, and I'm not looking at it as a as a uh, a cold and calculating. I need to network. I'm looking at it as I'm catching up with mates because what you do is if you because if if you buy that coffee first time and then you buy you 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 meet them for a coffee in a in a month or so, then you become you become friends. Um, yeah, it's so, not transactional like you said before. It's you're not looking at it as sort of like an investment. No, it's really just you. You have to you have to be honest. I think you have to be sincere and go. Look, I do genuinely like what you do. I'd love to have a chat. This isn't some pitch. I'm not going to go, well, I'll buy you two coffees, and if I don't get anything, I'll try someone else. So I think that's right, being honest and sincere and your intention. Find stuff that you find you – find stuff that you – invite people you like out for – you like for a coffee. Like, yeah. Find people that you want to work for or or brands that you like or, or um, like, don't, don't be driven by the money. The money will come, right, because – there's nothing worse than working on a working on a crap project when they're they're paying you for it and you feel and you and you because you'll never you'll never work with them again. So what you need to no. do is build that to start with and go go like find the people you want to work with and then and then value your creativity and the money will come. So that's that's sort of like for me that's the main thing of of uh, like know people like buy coffees and see the color of the see the whites of their eyes. Right, I I'm. I'm a big believer. I believe. I, 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 I'm a big believer in 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 jumping on a train, jumping on a plane, and uh, not so much anymore. But when back in the day, when I, I, if I was going to present some work in when I was in Sydney, I would regularly jump on a on a plane to go to Brisbane to present my work, and I'd only be there for an hour. But that hour would be the most important hour of that week or even that month because. <clears throat> People, people know and like you when they when when they meet you when they when they can yeah. see genuinely interested in their products, genuinely interested in them as people. Um, enthusiasm. I mean, like, I'm 42 years old, but I still I'm still I'm I'm still 13. I still love yeah. what I do, and I still 
I'm still excited by ideas. I'm still excited by solving those problems. Um, so that, that's sort of like for me, those the, 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 the doing lots of coffee, being honest, um, being like chasing the stuff that you want to work with the people you want to work with. Like as a, like the then I personally I find the networking thing a bit of a strange word. I I I I, I hate the idea. I hate networking events um, because because it feels like very transactional. Um, sorry, say that again. You saying you find the networking thing? Sorry, you were saying. I, I, I personally, I personally, I hate networking events. I hate the thing of a, a thing of a networking event. This is my personal opinion. Um, I know that I, other people are very more, a lot more, a lot more successful than than that because I go um, because unless there is unless there is a uh, hundred clients who have got loads of budget to spend and only want to talk to one creative director, then what's the point of me being there? Me going to me, me that. If if it's a networking event, that's a cold and calculating money money spinning thing, um, and that's the reason why I don't particularly like it. If it's going out to meet like minded people and having a drink and sort of like and making friends, then that's a dating thing. That's slightly different and that's a different tone. Um, yeah. But but I, but I think what a lot of the time when I go out to, and I've been to these things before. People are just caring about what work I do. I don't, I don't. I don't ask you what work you do. I want to know you as a person. I want to get to know you as, and and I don't care if you're um, like. Uh, I don't want you quoting. I, I'm not going to quote my CV to you. So why? Why? I don't. I find personally, I find those things quite uncomfortable. Um, that that's not. That's probably not what you need for this thing. But but. Um, no, no, it's really no. I think you're, you're, what I like about it though is is. The biggest thing is people are scared to reach out to people they admire. The irony is this that you, you feel, oh, they won't want it. You say, there's a good phrase I heard that Gary Vaynerchuk keeps talking about. He says, don't say no for the other person. And it's always that thing of you see someone attractive, you want to ask them out, but in your head you go, oh, they'll probably say no, so I'm not going to ask. And all of that goes in, on inside your head, and they don't even know. And that's why really good-looking people say no and ask me out. And it's the whole thing of, if you admire that brand and you genuinely have a real affinity for it and you want to work with them, nobody asks. So why, what have you got to lose? Look, I love what you do. I'd love to meet. Can I take you for a coffee? All I want is 10 minutes just to have a catch up, get to know you. I'll work around you. And and I think that you can say, which are you right? It, look, we're just trying to meet and get to know each other as friends. But actually, there's a lot of value in that because a lot of people will go the networking route. And then you meet as peers, and it, it's always the classic. They've got to know you, like you, and trust you. And if you, the reality is, by doing the coffee, they get to know you and they like you. They're far more likely to want to do work with you because you've said to me, "I want to do work with people who I like," and the best work comes out of people who I like. So I do think this is a really good thing. It's great for your health. It's good for your business. It's, yeah. it's trust as well. It's trust. I think what you do is you you sort of like if you and it don't don't, don't get me wrong. If you sort of like it, like don't pretend to be. I mean, I'm not a big. I'm. Uh, I mean, LinkedIn is very good at certain things because you can actually get you can get access to people that you wouldn't normally get access to. But um, but when you ask people for that coffee or whatever whatever happens. I mean, don't 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 be afraid to sort of like, yeah, the, the, this is a this is a work thing. I'm not saying saying go go around the crate. Don't let's not get everyone on Facebook and try and be friends. But yeah, but I think but I think that there is that layer of not looking at is everything as as a as a financial transaction because I yeah. think that you got you, you've almost like like in 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 Top Gun of of holding on too tight. If you if you 
and I and I I'm, I meet people all the time who contact me and go, can I can I buy you can I meet you for a coffee? And I'm like, yeah, cool. You mean like I met this kid the other day, 23, fucking head screwed on, nosy shit, um, uh, hasn't produced a fuck. It's got an amazing website, hasn't produced anything yet. Which I was like, what have you done? And he's sort of like, but but bang on, really really enjoyed meeting him. Um, and and I'm really glad that he sort of that he he reached out to me to sort of let's say do you want to buy a co- uh, do, do you fancy a coffee and it's it's nothing there's no time it's as as what I am where I'm sitting there going like I've not got those um, what we used to call them as you were saying about before about the, about about buildings and sort of like those 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 coincidental conversations we used to call them. Um, uh, um, Happy conversations. What do you call them? Happy coincidences. So you sort of like so literally, if you're a drug of five, if you ran, you, you, we used to cross pollinate on loads of stuff because because you can you might be talking to one director about about a project and suddenly realise that they might be perfect for an, for your mate's project. So, yeah. I, but I I, th- I think it's about being honest and about sort of like just almost like not holding on too tight and not pretending that. Um, not just looking at everyone as work, 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 because we're all people. Um, okay. And then the other, the other thing I would sort of say, and this may again may not be may may not be online, is um, if you are using LinkedIn, um, be that's the place not to be honest, all right, in the way that you are perceived. So I'm not a big personally. I'm not a big fan, and again, everyone is different. But personally, I'm not a big fan of um, uh, of the freelancer looking for work line underneath your uh, in your bio in your bio because yeah. to me that that reeks of desperation right and that sort of like feels like you are a um uh that you're on a that, that you are walking around with a sign on saying i've been single for five years and yeah. um and please go out with me um what what i think that that that's a lay, that's a space to 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 Create a logo, create a company, and uh, and be confident in yourself, because because what to me that sort of like when I when people sort of say to me, how big is made with, and I sort of go, well, it depends what day of the week it is, right? Because because one day will be thirty people, um, next day there'll be five of us, next day it's me on my own, or next day the the it's closed and I'm unemployed, and um. I'm the only I, I'm I'm the only full time employee of of uh, well apart from uh, apart from my other the, my wife who produces but but sort of like but she's looking after our kids so it's sort of like so she's only part time on it so I'm the only full time employee um, I'm the only full time employee so effectively I'm a freelancer but no I'm yeah. not I run my own company so but that's perception so what I do is I sort of so so my perception is about is 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 that I've got access to the, the world's greatest talent, and um, and I can turn all those people on in, in on the right projects in in minutes, um, like any other company, any other creative company on the planet. Um, so why why am I why would I ever play myself down and say say Ben Acres freelancer, Ben Acres founder of Made With? Suddenly a client trusts me because 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 I've because of my background and the stuff that I've done before suddenly an agency I could help out a friend so I think that I think a perception in no certain like a logo is so important and just actually having the belief in your own in your own ability um, so, so don't so don't walk around going uh, single need a shag 
sort of like yeah. it's more of a uh, it's it's definitely a um, uh, founder would be my yes. my advice on on sort of like uh, on uh, on ability. So so I think my my, my takeouts would my, my main takeouts would be have confidence in yourself, have confidence in your own ability, have confidence in the way that you talk about yourself. Um, I'm probably too honest about the way that I deal with things, but I'm not motivated by money. And that's the, that's, that's my biggest downfall. Um, I'm actually motivated by stories. I'm actually motivated by problems. Um, uh, and, um, and I, I've never been happy. I enjoy the world that I've created for myself. If you like, um, yeah. I probably, I've probably earned less money now than I've ever earned, but, 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 but that's, that's actually because of the choice of the projects I'm working on. And here's my here's my big man. So Perfect we're recording something. This is Dexter. Okay, can you go away? This is uh, this is like a budget version of the BBC cliff, isn't it? <laughs> no, um, mate, that's great. I mean, that's 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 loads to go with. I think it's um, I, I really appreciate your honesty. Take take. Uh, I know I sort of like went on to a monologue there, but just just grab whatever whatever works. And if you need me to do anything, if you want to do another one, now that you know what we've got out of this, just let me know. No, that's really good. I was just going to sum up by saying uh, thank you. And I think, you know, there's plenty of good advice there. I really like the fact, just to sum up what you're saying is your mental health is massive. So having some sort of routine and structure and making sure that you're doing some sort of exercise and you're meeting people is really important to maintaining that. And then the big tips that you gave away, which I, I totally agree with, which is when you get a chance to speak to a client, ask them what success looks like so you know what you're working towards. Be buying lots of coffees for lots of people because it's, you know, often in this business is awareness and timing. Not everyone needs what you offer right now, but if they know you and like you, you'll be more memorable. So when something comes up that you're perfect for, they're going to go, ah, we should get Ben involved. He's a great guy. I had coffee with him a couple of weeks ago. Really good guy. That's more likely how you get business. Um, and I do agree with you with LinkedIn, the amount of um, ridiculous titles I've seen people giving themselves, you know, foundation of happiness or, you know, God, who knows, but there's some really creative, ridiculous titles on there. I do agree that if you advertise yourself as looking for work, or even if you're a business saying we're looking for opportunities, it does feel desperate. So I would absolutely kind of go, I'm the founder of, you know, my own company just you know and i think like you said in that context of being on linkedin it's fine because like you write a cv everyone embellishes a little bit so i think it's a much better phone so no they're, they're solid tips and for yeah. anyone who wants to see the documentary or or donate some money where where, where can you send them well I'll, I'll 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 give you the link so put put the link on this but it's we're on a we're on a it's called uh steve documentary um and it's uh on gofundme so okay uh, is there a domain like is it stevedocumentary.com or anything or is it all no, no, i haven't done that yet i'm not even that organized yet i'm just sort of like um uh i mean we're on instagram uh steve documentary twitter steve documentary um the only other thing i've just popped into my head was another tip that i heard that i do um that i've created as well is i give myself a commute so if i'm working okay. from if i'm working from home i give myself a commute so what i do is even if i'm not um, even if I'm not going to the gym, the idea of me going to the gym every morning, but I walk Bella to school um, yeah. and then I walk round the back and I pick up a coffee and I walk back round again. Because um, even if I'm working from home in the day, I need to give myself a commute. And then at the end of the day, I do the same. So okay. uh, so uh, uh, whenever I decided I'm going to stop, 
so it might be six o'clock or half five or whatever, I give myself a commute and it might be just going out and getting a pint of milk or just going out for a five minute walk. But you have to, but what I found is those um, opening and closing of the, of, of, of working. If you're working from home, those opening and closing. So these are the hours I'm working and these are the hours I'm not. And he's sort of like, and then what you can do is if you do work in the evening, because you've got other stuff on, you're working from home, but you're not working from the office. So I love that. That's so, massive because I've always, as you we've just discovered with your lovely son, that when you work at home, there is a point of you're working all day in your office and then family comes back home. And you're like, oh, God, I'm still working. I'm like, no, you're at home. You're dad, but you can't. It blurs and it's really bad for concentration and productivity. So I love that idea of I'm just going to nip to the shop to buy a packet of sweets or a you know, pint of milk and come back and mentally. I'm in a different space now, so yeah. I'm not going to work for a bit, or I might maybe after dinner I might hop on for an hour. But yeah. I think that's huge. That's massive. I love that. Yeah, because what you do is as well because if you you allow yourself to work in the evening if you do because you're working yes. from home now, which yeah, is perfect. Different. So, but but giving yourself the commute in the morning is really important because you because you, what you're doing is you're kickstarting. So so yeah. it's, it's back to it's back to the sports analogy as you keep saying. It's sort of like you are warming up and you are warming down. Yeah. So your yes, brain is a muscle, warming up, warming down, and sort of like, and what you need to do is just when you're when you're doing those things, just trying to get those things in the evening. We're just giving it, giving yourself a like, um, just giving yourself those moments to just process of going, okay, this is what I need to do tomorrow, and this is what I need to do tomorrow, and this is what, and even maybe like, and quite a lot of the time, I'm just actually just finishing an email. I'm walking along, yeah. just finishing an email because because the, the, all the kids have walked in. Um, I need to. I, I, I have. I've, I've got to turn into dad, um, and I can't. I can't. I can't do that enough. So I'll just quickly do that. Quickly finish that email. Then I can close that moment, and then I can move on the next day. But yeah. I, no, that's lovely. Love that. I think it's just about. I think it's just about in, enjoying it. So like, don't be scared. Being scared is a bit. Don't don't be scared of of um, the instability. Uh, enjoy it because because that's the reason why uh, you you do work for yourself. But also, um, also give you give yourself those breaks. Give yourself sort of like that. That don't pile don't pile too much pressure on yourself because you, because the thing is, as a uh, working alone, you will always be your own worst enemy. Yeah, no, that's massive. No, that's brilliant. I really appreciate that, Ben. Thank you for your time. It's been good. Pleasure, mate. <laughs>